Hola, you are listening to First Gen Healing, a podcast on Latinx healing and awakening journeys. This is a part two with our guest, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello. <laughs> In this part, we're going to be talking about boundary setting, evolution of self, and prioritizing joy. And this is a continuation of part one. So if you guys missed that, make sure that you go listen to that. It's going to give you a lot of insight into these topics. And now we get to dive even deeper into them. Which, which one should we start with? I'll let you choose. Well, let's do boundary setting. I feel like boundary setting is a good one. A big part of really feeling joy or happiness is really about like setting a lot of boundaries. And I think as someone who's a former people pleaser i know that you know it's really really hard or can't be i think for me one of the things about boundary setting or at least that helped me start boundary setting was when i would feel like angry or like frustrated like when i would feel like those two emotions um that usually meant that a boundary was crossed that maybe i didn't know about or that i haven't set yet right um because before, I would always be like, oh, Alex, you're being sensitive. Or like everyone else seems to deal with these things and they're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Or you can even get that from other people, right? Like, oh, well, your brother doesn't complain. Your cousin doesn't complain. But before we even continue with that, can we okay. establish maybe what is a boundary as you would like Ooh. explain it? We're, we're not scientific here. We're more about vibes. It's a way for you to communicate what you allow and don't allow. So it's like, these are things that I do not allow to happen to me or in my life. So this is something that I'm setting in place. So that way that does not happen. That's how I think about like, as like a boundary. Okay. I feel like there is internal and external boundaries. Mm -hmm. So you can have boundaries with yourself. Like I will not put myself in these situations or I will no longer engage in these behaviors or conversations etc and then there's the outward ones when you're communicating Mm -hmm. to someone else um your boundary so you said that you started to understand that you need to set boundaries or a boundary might have been broken when you started to feel frustration and and or anger which is so interesting because i think those are the two emotions that i've i don't let myself feel a lot (laughs) same no honestly No, same. Like, it was really hard for me to access those emotions. Mm. Um, Yeah, because I feel, I don't know why. I think I felt more frustrated than angry, I would say, a lot Mm. of the times. Mm -hmm. And it was because I I had, like, no boundaries set. So it was really, like, I was just out here, like, people were doing whatever they wanted. And I was just kind of bouncing, you know, through these things and not telling people no or I don't allow this or things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about why it's so hard to set a boundary? We talked about in part one about connecting with your body Mm -hmm. and understanding your Mm -hmm. body. At a body level, I think a lot of us experience this fear, like that gut punch that you said, when we think we want to say no, but we feel like we can't. There's something that stops us internally. For so long, we've put other people's feelings and emotions over our own. So I think in those moments sometimes we're like, we're like, oh, well, we're like prioritizing them versus ourselves, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but then they're not going to like that. Or like, oh, mm-hmm. no, well, then they're going to get mad. Or like, then they're going to feel sad. And that's why we don't move forward with it. Um, mm-hmm. I also think like 
maybe we just have never seen someone set a healthy boundary in our lives, right? So we don't know what that's like. Like we know taking care of people. We know how to like be there regardless of anything that's happening, but we don't know how to tell people no and it not really affect the relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We have that un, uh, unconditionalness on lock because it feels good. Usually when you're helping someone, they're not fighting with you. And so you fear that if you set a boundary that you won't be that for them anymore, that then that would happen. Like, oh, maybe a fight would happen. Maybe an argument mm-hmm. would happen. And I don't want that. When we're highly empathetic, you literally can see their facial expressions. You can feel their mood change. Yep. And so if growing up, we had to deal with a lot of that in our families, like a lot of um, other people's emotions, maybe a lot of people did express theirs and we learned to not express ours. As adults, then we're, you know, that inner child is still within us. Um, <laughs> and that inner child fears, like, I don't want, this person to be angry i don't want their mood to change i'd rather it be so easier like this i'd rather give give than say no and then fear you know what could happen i definitely agree with that and i think that there is a lot of fear of also maybe like really drastic consequences happening right where it's like well maybe if i like tell them no then you know they'll stop talking to me i think that's a really like big fear um especially if you've built like connections with people by you basically like providing to them all the time right mm-hmm. if you're like if i'm no longer providing to you then you're not gonna want to be like you know my whatever friend you know whatever sibling um yeah. things like that so i think it's also maybe a little bit of that where it's like you know you don't want to you don't want people to like abandon you you know yeah. because you're no longer you're no longer pleasing like their needs basically yeah And you know, what's so interesting is now that I have worked with clients, I have met the other side of the coin. So let's say we don't know how to relate with others unless it's through giving or at some point that that was us. There are people who don't know how to relate to others in ways that aren't asking for help. So if we're the givers, the doers, I'll be there for yours. What I met through her is there's personalities that are like, I don't want to stand in my power too strong because how I know how to relate with people is asking for help, asking for advice, doing the thing. Interesting. Huh. I never thought Mm -hmm. about that. That's why authenticity and like coming into your own and setting the boundaries that you need sets you free, but it sets others free too, Mm -hmm. you know, because in like separating that way and, and like her, for example, coming into her power, it really establishes such a different relationship as opposed to like this bond that is causing harm on both ends and disempowering both. Yes. It's almost this like codependency in the relationship where it's like, well, I only really connect because you help me with certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and if we disconnect from that codependency, like, are we still connected? Like, what, <laughs> like, what, what is our, you know, like, what are we kind of yeah. a thing? And it's tough. And the thing I think, too, is that maybe when you're going through this, you're not necessarily thinking of it in this way. There's just like this fear of setting a boundary. Like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't want to tell them. I don't think I can tell them. Or we protect ourselves by saying, I already know what they're going to say. Like, Mm -hmm. we're already avoiding it by thinking like we know the the end result. Right. But have you noticed that when sometimes you set those boundaries, things don't happen the way you thought they would? Yes. I always thought something catastrophic was going to happen. They were never going to talk to me or they were going to yell at me or like, you know, I was going to feel really like crappy or things like that. And for some people, when I would set the boundary, 
they actually were almost kind of like grateful. Like they were like, oh, like I didn't know you felt that way. Almost like apologizing now that I do know, like I'm gonna obviously like shift the way like I engage with you. And that, that's been really nice. And that's when you know that those are good people to have, you know, if they're like responsive and they're like, oh, and they care about how you're feeling. Even if like in their head, it doesn't make sense. Like maybe to them, it's like, I don't understand why you would feel that way, but you know, it's kind of like, I'm accepting that you're telling me that that's how you're feeling. Right. That's how you know that that's a good, I think, connection to have with someone. Yeah. And most of the time, honestly, when I've set a boundary in the beginning, it might feel a little like, ugh. but after that, I think it gets better because even though that interaction might not be great, you're not feeling great already. Like you're in a place where you don't feel good. Like people keep doing these things that are harming you. And in some way too, what's interesting is let's say those people that were receptive to it, because you weren't speaking up because of that fear, you're building your resentment bucket towards them. So maybe for a very long time, you were the helpful person. You didn't even realize that that's, that was causing harm to you. Now you come into the awareness. Oh, this is burning me out. Oh, I don't want to relate in this way anymore, but I'm scared of speaking up. So every time that person like expects you to act that way and you act that way, you're like resenting them maybe or like there's Mm -hmm. this like, you know, thing here that that's this friction that's already building. Um, And yet, like you said, like if you were to express it and it's well received, you were building this for nothing. It didn't have to exist. Yeah. And that person wasn't even aware that that was happening. And I think that would happen to me a lot where I would feel really resentful because in my head, the way that I thought about it back then was like, how could they not know? I would never do this to them. So like, mm-hmm. how could they not know that this is impacting me? Yeah. And it may not be something malicious, right? That they're doing to you. And then, and there are times that where it is, right? So let's also say that, but you know, like I would say like, there are times when maybe it is just like something that you just need to express. Yeah. So let's say this is best case scenario. You express your needs. It's well received. Person changes their behaviors. There is another potentiality. Yes. Where Mm -hmm. maybe person gets upset. There's a little interaction or emotional. There's an emotion that's like, como destapada, you know, Uh once you express your boundary, maybe they're, uh, they get defensive. Oh, but you this and how that kind (laughs) or upset or walks away so yes there are people will have their own reaction to that but in those instances personally i think what's really important is like having that self-love or that awareness in the time in in the interaction where you take a couple deep breaths i'm okay they're just expressing their part of it. They're they're reacting, you know, but I'm I'm saying what I need. And like you said, I think sometimes it's like that explosion. Okay, it was like a burst of something and mm-hmm. then whoosh, it dies down. Yeah. Exactly. And if it, and if it happens a lot, like if you feel like you're around people who have a lot of those kind of reactions, you know, maybe it's time that you start thinking about the people that you're like really close to, right? Because mm-hmm. for me it's like if you were like someone who really cared about the other person, you may have an explosive, you know, reaction or things like that. But at the end of the day, like you care for them, right? So you, I think, would at least listen to them. If you feel like you're in a place where like, you know, someone wouldn't listen to you, care about how you're feeling, like those types of things. For me, the way that I thought about it was like, I need to cre- like, I need to create a standard of who my friends are, people that I interact with, like a lot Mm -hmm. and 
if you're just at a place where you're not able to do that, then maybe it just means that we're not connected like at this point in time, right? Or like maybe I just create space. Because I found that once you create space and other people who are aligned with you and are able to give you that, like now you have space to actually like have those people in your life. For me personally, a lot of the boundary setting happened with family. And I think something worth talking about is like when someone continues to break that boundary or what can happen is yeah. put that boundary in your face. I yeah. think that's what I feared the most. Like, oh, once I say that, they're going to be like, oh, but you said I couldn't do this, so now I don't do it. And thankfully, that didn't happen to me often. I think that's a valid fear, right? Because even in, like, Latino culture, it's like, oh, que ridiculo, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, now, now you think you're like whoever and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I think that could be really tough to navigate for sure. Kind of going back to part one where it's like setting your own standards of who you are, what you want, what you accept, so that if that person or your boundaries not well received like you can be an observer too you know what is it like observe don't absorb something like that <laughs> that really Ooh, helped me yeah 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 mm -hmm. sometimes you may not even know what the boundary is and i think it's mm -hmm. like let yourself be in that gray space sometimes because sometimes yeah. it's like when i'm with this person i just don't feel good like you know what i mean and i don't know what the answer to that is you know like i don't know yeah. so Maybe it's, sometimes you don't need to like fully have something set and like be able to like tell them. Maybe yeah. it just means like, you know, maybe I'll just take some space a little bit, you know, or like, you know, things like that just to kind of see. So and then that's when I think you, you can really figure out like what is the boundary and, you know, and like that way you can then communicate it and don't mm -hmm. feel like, oh, I, I can't do anything until I know like what the boundary is, mm. you know? Yeah, I love that. And I think. You not liking something is enough of a reason. Like you don't need more reason than that. Like you just you, like you you can just tell someone like I just don't like when you do that, and mm -hmm. that's it. I think for me sometimes, what would stop me is like I felt like I needed a better reason. Like mm. I did, I couldn't just be like oh I just don't like that when you do that. Like I needed like a more valid reason, right? Wow. To like tell them something. Yeah. And then I had to like really like you know unpack that like why do I feel like me just not liking something is enough right mm -hmm. and learning that you know you just not liking something is enough of a reason for you to tell someone that you know for them to stop doing that yeah mm, I love that Ooh, I feel like that's a good little segment on boundaries yes. that should give you guys some best practices for the first gen community because I think that yeah, a lot of things, a lot of information out there can sometimes feel disconnected from, like, our reality. Oh, but they don't have the family that we do. Oh, but they're not first-gen. And we can also use that as a way of not setting anything, of continuing and then leading ourselves into an uncomfortable place. So I like that. Let's move on to evolution of self, which I think likely combines with prioritizing joy. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what that means for you and how does joy come in? Like, what is it that that made like joy stand out for you? We were talking about this a little bit in part one where it's like sometimes when we are no longer wanting to be this thing, then who are we? If I'm no longer this like good worker or, you know, whatever X thing, then like, who am I? And it's yeah. that fear of like, if I no longer have these like pillars that make me, then what am I? Then I'm going to be in this like lost space. Being comfortable that like people, people change, you can change, right? Like things happen, life experiences happen. 
And it doesn't mean that it's like a bad thing, that you're no longer that. And I think for me, like I was scared of that because, you know, for me, a lot of like my value or my worth sometimes were like in those things. You know, I'm always, you know, helping people. I'm always like this friend, you know, I, I never... Yeah, I know exactly reliable, responsible. I'm never too emotional, things like mm. that. Like I just, you know, I'm very like I'm the sturdy going. thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm the I'm the friend that if something's happening, you can go to Alex. Alex, regardless if he's crying and like doing something, like he was, he's gonna help you. Unconditional. You know, yeah, like the, the unconditional. Yeah, exactly. So what I learned is like in order to really feel like fulfilled or like happy is like you need to let yourself shift like you have to let yourself like you know change grow try different things because like you know things happen and like you're not that same person that you were like six months ago and maybe back then like you had never thought about meditating and then now it's like something that you want to do you know what I mean like it's like these things that maybe just weren't you before that now are aligning with who you are and The funny thing is, like, sometimes, like, that may, that may be who we always were. We just had all this other stuff happening, right? Um, so it's like we just never, we were never in environments that let us be who we authentically are. I like to say, like, who you really are is hiding under who you think you need to be. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I just saw this quote that was talking about, like, you know, tension is who you think you are like want to be or who you think you should be and then relaxation is who you are Mm. like if you are in like who you are authentically it's gonna flow like it's not gonna feel this like tension of like oh like i need to keep like trying to be this thing it's like it's gonna be just who you are as a person so it's gonna flow and i think for me because i never let myself be who i was i wasn't able to feel joy or happiness or fulfillment because Mm. I wasn't doing things that I liked. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know what I liked. So for me, it was a lot of reflection, a lot of, you know, meditation. Um, You know, we talked about like, like inner child, like healing. And then there's that, I think it's like inner teenager healing. I think Mm -hmm. there's also like a thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, starting with like inner child stuff was actually helpful because when you think about yourself as a child most people there's not all this like influence that's happening right it's like you're kind of like more like authentically who you are Mm -hmm. so start from there like what were things that you like to do and then don't shame yourself for maybe doing those things now you know because Mm -hmm. it's like Maybe when you were younger, you really liked The Lion King or something, right? And it's like, well, let's watch The Lion King. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe let's connect with that, even though you're older now, you know, like those types of things. Um, I think that's a good place to, like, start on your journey. It helps you reconnect with the way you perceived life from a younger age, with this curiosity, with, like, less fear. I loved what you said, like... um, tension versus relaxation and like who you think you need to be versus who you are 
and how I see it too is like like putting on a mask you know like if you're constantly putting on a mask like this is the real you and then this is who you think you need to be or like who you show up as I'm always there for people I'm the hard worker etc then you're never really being seen for who you really are because there's always a mask in between Mm -hmm. and so I think that can like foster that imposter syndrome or not feeling truly loved because you know that like this vulnerable tender part of you isn't the one showing up to these places so it's so interesting because as much as we can crave that deeper connection and that like recognition or being seen we are sometimes preventing that by how we show up in everywhere exactly maybe now you have all these connections but the foundation it's not who you are you're, you, you maybe you have like all these friends and all these people that you hang out with, but they're built on this mask. They're built mm-hmm. on something that's not who you authentically are. So yeah, undoubtedly, like you're not going to feel fulfilled because that's not who you actually are. You're just portraying this, right? And yeah. and I don't. I also don't want to like shame you know people putting on masks. Like there's a lot of reasons why people do that, right? Like it's yeah. you know like there's like survival. You know what I mean? Maybe you weren't in circumstances you were able to do that so i also don't want to like make people feel guilty for having those things but i think that um sometimes what i've seen at least for myself is that i was carrying these masks that were maybe useful at one point in my life but are no longer needed you know so maybe when i was this age to survive i had to do that so that makes sense right because i had to do that but now i'm here at this part of my life and i no longer need to uphold that mask so it's really like recognizing that and recognizing that, you know, at one point you may have, but you may not need it anymore. Mm, so good. Yeah, you're right. I mean, no, no shame to whatever yeah. masks <laughs> need to stay on. Yeah. Of course, it's more so like when you're ready, when you feel like you can know that on the other side of that, there can be deeper connection, things that align yes. with you more uh, deeper self-exploration. So if you feel like you don't really know yourself, if you feel exactly. like you don't really know what you like, sometimes it's because we uphold that version of ourselves for so long that we don't know how to take it off, you know, and it feels weird taking it off. Exactly. Um, but just as I was telling my, my client, like, okay, let's, you know, back to the mask. So this is the mask <laughs> and this is the real you, yeah. right? So because there's a mask, there's something that protects the real you in a sense. Right. And when you take off the mask, yes, things can hurt. Rejection can hurt a little deeper because now I'm me and now you didn't want me for me. Now you're mad because I'm being me and you're mad at me, like the real me, not the mask me, the real me. So, yes, things can hurt deeper because, you know, this is your vulnerable, beautiful side of you. But also things can like reach you deeper in terms of the positive too, Mm -hmm. like excitement, like joy, like happiness, love. When you experience that through the real you, it can be so powerful. And it's part of, for example, the journey that I've taken on like in terms of like podcasting and like Christian healing etc this is the real me you know HR professional Priscilla that I can do that you know yes I can put on this and be professional and like whatever talk laws and stuff but that wasn't the real me and like it was a mask that I thought I had to put on to survive in this world to have money to make you know pay my bills etc and it has felt so good like taking it off and then connecting with people like-minded people because when I shine as myself others are like oh I see myself in that person or there's something about that person and that only happens when it's like 
you know, when you're showing up authentically, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's like, there's less work involved because you're not trying to like uphold something. It's like, it's just who you are. Like, that's just who you naturally are. So it's no longer like, oh, well, now I have to think about how am I going to be this thing? And you know what I mean? With my interactions and things like that. It's like, oh, like you can just flow naturally because now you're just being who you actually are. And it's exhausting to uphold that. So part of that exhaustion, that burnout, that tiredness can come from that. It doesn't even have to come from your actual job. It can come from the way that you think you need to show up to keep it, you know? And I think with time, like, you know, I don't know how to, I'm trying to think of like how to build that, like, you know, kind of like distance between like what you think of yourself and what others think of you. Because I feel like... Mm. At least for me, like, after a while, like, because I was so strong in who I was, it didn't really impact me as much if someone, like, like had a different opinion of me. Yeah. Because it was like, I know who I am. I don't, I don't need that person to validate who I am. And yeah. also, people have a lot of their own things going on, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. most of the time, I promise you, it's not even about you. Like, it's about mm-hmm. them, right? And being you being who you are is somehow like triggering something in them that they're you know like projecting onto you right but it's not about who you actually are as a person so i think being like truly happy you really have to have a strong foundation of who you are as a person and i mean that that can take you know time but i would say like give yourself that time to do that yeah And there's space for you. There's space for you in this world exactly as you are, I promise you. If there is room in this world for your loud-ass tia, your (laughs) drunk-ass tio, you know what I mean? Inappropriate-ass grandpa or grandma, whatever. Like, if there is room in this world for all these personalities, there is room for you, my dear, my love, my first gen. Like, yes, you can be yourself. You can be authentic. And it's part of it is working on ourselves, you know, and making that space for ourselves. But I promise you there is space for you. I mean, like we mentioned, I mean, sometimes, you know, thinking about like, you know, choose your own joy, or your happiness. Like you have to be at a point where like, you know what those things are. Right. That exploration mm-hmm. part. And it's like for me personally, like I was at a point where like I had no idea. Like I had no idea what made me happy. Mm-hmm. Like I really asked myself that question and I was like, Alex, like what do you like to do just because you like to do it? Not because of like, oh, this makes me look this way or this person likes that or like this is the goal or, you know, whatever. It was like, what do you actually just like to do? And I didn't know. Like, I had no idea. Like, I was just like, I thought that hobbies were like a thing that like people who had money like had. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't <laughs> That's know. That's for I, rich people. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't know what hobbies are, which I mean also can speak to like maybe because you know if you do come from like a lower income you know family i get it like you know maybe there wasn't like room for you to have that right um which is what happened to me right like i think for me it was like um priority was usually like you know other things you know so we didn't have the space to do that which is totally real but i think now i'm in a place where like i am able to do that and i'm able to really find out like what makes me happy and that's why i think like prioritizing joy and happiness is such a big thing for me because I'm like, I understand what it was like to not, you know, and I understand what it was like to be at that rock bottom where you think you're like, you're doing everything right. You're a good person. You're helping other people. And you're like, but I don't feel happy. Like, I don't feel fulfilled. And now I'm at a place where like, I am really feeling fulfilled. And it's like, 
that journey can be like intense, right? But I promise you, you all can do it. I promise. I promise. Yeah. It's because the, the life that you build out of I have to, I must, you know, like, of I think like now I'm like, of course it led me to burnout. Of course, right. like everything I did was because I thought I had to because it was not because I get to, I want to, I love to, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And switching exactly. that and yes, you're right. Like if you're still in that survival mode that and not only like in the mode, but like you actually, you know, you really need you're in debt yeah. or you really need that income. Yes, these are things that are maybe harder to like focus on. I still think there's things you can do. Like, I don't think that it's something that you have to wait for until you're like financially secure. But I do think like it changes a bit. Like, yes, for example, if you want to connect with your inner child and you have disposable income and so then you get to go buy the toys or like yeah. buy new hobbies. Yeah. yeah, of course, it's a different experience than like if you have you don't even have enough for your bills, you know. Um, but I do think that there are things that within each like level you can do to still unearth like the true you and start setting yourself free a little bit more yeah because yeah now that i think about it i'm like well yeah of course i didn't feel fulfilled like you mentioned like you know i wasn't doing anything that i actually like so it's like it, it, i don't know why it was like surprising to me right yeah. but <laughs> i do think <laughs> yeah it was just like wait what but yeah i think because a lot of us maybe we do believe like this is the formula you work hard you help others, you're going to be happy. You're going to be fulfilled. And it's just, it's just like that, that can't be like your whole life though, right? It can be like, if you're working a job that looks good on paper, but you hate it, then like, it's not going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, what a beautiful journey we have been on in these two yes. episodes. Yes. I think that definitely resonates, you know, throughout. And I hope other people resonate as well. I know that a lot of people are running up against maybe that, like deception of like wait i was supposed to be happy by now like wait mm -hmm. i was supposed to you know so hopefully like coming along this journey with us helps you maybe see glimpses of what you can be doing or changing or some of the things that maybe like can lead you down a more fulfilling happy joyful life so thank you so much alex for being a part of, of the podcast and for sharing your story is there any last uh, words that you'd like to share? I'd also like you to share where people can find you and yes. follow your journey of prioritizing joy. Well, first of all, thank you, Priscilla, for having me. I think this has been a really amazing opportunity. So thank you so much. This is my first podcast, hopefully first whoop. of many, right? But whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that, yeah, I mean, if you resonated with anything that we talked about, like healing journey or like prioritizing yourself, um, please follow me at it's the Alex Rome on Instagram and TikTok. So go ahead and follow me there. Um, I post a lot about like my own journey and really my goal is to talk about my own journey, but then also help others, you know, prioritize their own joy and their own happiness. Um, so if you're really wanting to build community around that, or if you want like more tips or just, you know, you just want to know how I was able to do that. Yeah, for sure. Follow me. All right, Alex. And just some last final questions. These are super random. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. These are staples. They're first and healing staples. Okay. Pozole or tamales? Tamales, for sure. Champurrado or hot chocolate? Ooh. I don't really like champurrado. I'm going to say hot chocolate. Sorry, y'all, but hot chocolate. Eee! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, salsa verde or roja? 
I'm gonna say verde, actually. Salsa verde. Yeah. Okay, okay. Concha de vainilla or chocolate? Oh, I'm gonna go with vainilla. And then Bad Bunny or Daddy Yankee? Ooh, that's a hard one. Because Daddy Yankee's like the OG. Like, oh, dang. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go with Daddy Yankee. I'm gonna go with Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee. He, he, he helped build the whole thing. I mean, how can we not go with Daddy Yankee? Yeah, that Gasolina song started exactly. it all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're pulling up to your favorite taco place. Uh-huh. What is your taco order? Ooh. I think I'm going to go with tacos de carne asada. Yeah, I'll go with that. A classic. Okay, cuantos? How many? <laughs> cuatro. I think cuatro is a good one. Okay, salsa verde and con todo o la pura carne? Ooh, con todo and salsa verde. Con yeah. todo. Okay, all right. Well, if you guys want to buy him tacos, you already know. They better be good tacos because he's from a border town. So I'm assuming there's good tacos out there. Come on. The standard is high. So please. <laughs> the standard is high. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Alex, for being here for your time. And thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure that you like it, that you subscribe, and that you go follow Alex on his journey. Bye. Bye.